welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up then, football is back. Wednesday go to Cardiff. We've got Gary Monk and Kadeem Harris as he goes back to his old club. Uh, we'll talk about what lineup we expect. And our opinions is prediction time once again. So, um, well, Dom, no game to uh, react on. Um, so we're looking forward. Hectic period ahead. Stoke on Tuesday. We'll talk about that one in a bit. Cardiff first on Friday night. We've touched on this a few times. This is going to be a tough old game. Yeah, I think it's one of the toughest tests of the season for Wednesday, yeah. without a doubt. Away from home, they're unbeaten. They've won four, drawn one from their opening five matches. Uh, I, I don't actually think this Cardiff team, I've seen them a couple of times this season, I don't think they're as strong as what they were necessarily a couple of years ago when they were last in the championship and got promoted. Uh, I look at the starting eleven, and I don't think it has evolved too much. Uh, and I look at the options that they have on the bench and I wouldn't say that it does necessarily frighten me. And I, I think it's a case of Wednesday will clearly be going into it, focusing on themselves, their strengths, what they can do well. The key will be to keep the crowd quiet that first 20 minutes or so. It can get fairly hostile uh, down there and I, I actually think the pressure is more on Cardiff anyway with the onus being on that they're at home and they haven't had the best of starts this season they are 11th and so they've been strong at home not so good on the travels so they need a result I, I actually would suggest more than what Wednesday do I think uh, if you offered most Wednesday fans right now a point, they would gladly take it with uh, the two home games to come. Yeah, it's, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, true as well that if you think about uh, when we played Fulham, you look at that Fulham team on paper, you, you glance up at the scoreboard during that match and you think, oh, we're playing a tough old team there. It's a very different um, proposition with Cardiff. As you say, on paper, the squad doesn't, it doesn't particularly frighten you, uh, but it's that kind of feeling of, Going to Cardiff Friday night. Everyone's had a couple of weeks, um, so there you know, it's going to be a, a fully fit team that we're facing. It's just a, it feels a bit daunting, doesn't it? Kind of going to to Cardiff when you know the atmosphere there is always quite hostile, and you know under the lights on Sky. We all know you know Neil Warnock, good old Colleen, he's going to want to get a one over on uh, on Wednesday again. So he'll have them fired up for it. He definitely will. And Wednesday do not have a good record at Cardiff either. Uh, I think from the last six visits, they've never won at the Cardiff City Stadium. It was Ninian so, Park, wasn't it? Last it was Ninian Park, I, I think saw, 2007. Uh, I saw uh, a pop-up on Twitter with a shot of the outside of the old stadium and you're like, gosh, that's like, it feels like a different world, that. It's crazy, yeah. It's, an, it's a lovely ground uh, to go to and... When it's full, it's it's buzzing, and of course, you know it's where the national team are playing now their games, and uh, you know there's a great atmosphere that they can generate. And when Wednesday've got to go, and as Gary Monk has touched on this week, they've got to go to Cardiff and do the fundamentals. They have to do the basics right for me, and there can be no soft goals given away or going behind early which actually Wednesday have been good at this season they, uh, I think uh, if you look at them statistically the, the start of matches and at the end I, th I think they'd be up there this season in, in how they've done um, it, is it not not conceding in the first fifteen? Yeah, and not conceding in the last fifteen. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Gary Monk, uh, you know, he sort of talked about that. 
um, as well at his press conference this week. And so, yeah, hopefully Wednesday will continue it. Um, it will be interesting to see what changes he makes. Um, well, yeah. I mean, let's talk about that because one potential issue is pretty much avoided in terms of the fact that Tom Lees is probably not going to be fit for this one. It's maybe looking towards next week or the weekend. By the way, on Tom Lees, I can't see... I know Gary Munker said potentially he could be fit for Stoke. No chance for me. Absolutely no chance. I can't see it. If he's coming back into light... He's been in light training now for maybe a week or so. Full training on Sunday... You're then going to throw him into Stoke a couple of days later. No way. Can't well, see it. There's also no need to, is there? Because, no. uh, firstly, the defence has been playing all right. Um, secondly, the, the evidence is there that Gary Monk does not like changing his back four. He's, he's had ample excuse to make some changes to it because of mistakes that players have made. And he's stood by them. He's only made... I think he's only ever made one change, which was taking Tom Lees out and, and putting Dominic Iofer in. And that was forced. Beyond that, I don't think, certainly for league matches, he's not made any changes to it has no, he he stuck with the same back four the, the so a, the he's not going to throw Tom Lees back in yeah. unless no. un- until he's absolutely certain and that's not going to be for tactical reasons I don't think I think Tom Lees is going to have to make do with the place on the bench when he gets back he may have to but a lot can happen between when Tom Lees is 100% ready to return uh, we know that Julian Berner is still only one yellow card away from a one match ban and that's probably when there'd be more of a clamour for you they'd be thinking and hoping oh you know Tom Lees is available there was an update on David Bates as well and David Bates is still not quite ready you know he's definitely not going to be available for the next couple of matches so at centre half you're left with Jordan Fornoy uh, so if Julian Berner was was to pick up a booking at Cardiff and then that would rule him out of Stoke then it really only leaves Jordan Fornley as your, as your centre-half option unless you could move Sam Hutchinson I was going to say I think it's really midfield isn't it I think I, for me I, I, I'm i sort of seeing it as, we, we know how Cardiff line up it's 4-3-3 Wednesday played that in their last match I think they will go to match them up they will not want to uh, be out-fought and out-battled by Cardiff and we know that they're going to take the direct approach at times that they've got two big centre halves a big striker they're going to be a huge threat from set pieces and I'm sure that Gary Monk is going to have Wednesday's team well drilled and well prepared for that and they will have been working a lot on that not just actually defensively but also trying to cause Cardiff problems too from their own set pieces, I think is just as important. And so that hopefully there won't be a vulnerability there and Wednesday will be strong. Uh, but I think it's conceivable that there'll only be one change to the team, which will be Sam Hutchinson for Jerry Perry Pessy. Well, I mean, that's the question, isn't it? Does, does Hutch come back into the back into the team? Jerry Perry Pessy did himself a world of favours I thought I thought it was one of his best performances in a Wednesday shirt feels like a long time ago now that Um, but it's I mean Cardiff we know Neil Warnock's teams they do tend to be a little bit physical they can be a bit rough quite a big team aren't they they're quite beefy it's it's a Hutch kind of game isn't it Sean Morrison and uh, Aidan Flynn and then very much suits the way that Warnock builds his teams yeah but it's funny actually I was going to mention this before the point you were making about when we looked at that Fulham team from a few weeks ago and you look at that front three they stand out by an absolute mile the front three is as good as anything in this league Cardiff's front three tomorrow 
Glatzel, who's struggled to adapt since coming in from uh, Germany, uh, only scored a couple of goals. One was a penalty. Um, Mendes Lang hasn't had the best of starts. Uh, Josh Murphy, again, has struggled for consistency. And so you, you don't look at them and think there's no, I would say, fear factor with their front three. Yeah, a junior, junior Hoyler they've got as well. They're not, you know, the decent individuals at this level, but they're still a bit up and down, I think, at times. So, not frightening, is it? No, it isn't. And so I do actually fancy Wednesday if they go in there and are well organised. And I think we're not going to see anything too flashy from Wednesday. I think we're looking for a good, solid, professional away performance. It's can Wednesday get the noses in front? And then they play on the counter attack. That that's what the, I think the game plan will be. That it, it will Wednesday to go try and get that first goal. That's going to be huge tomorrow. If Cardiff score first and Wednesday are chasing, it could be a, a, a difficult evening. Uh, and and I just look at it and uh, you know I remember a couple of years ago the last time Wednesday went to Cardiff and it was one all and, and Sol Bamba scored late on and so Wednesday nearly got that win under Carlos Carvalho. That was actually the beginning of the end, really, that result, when you look back on... Remember the the game where, was it um, uh, Hooper that scored? Yeah, Gary Hooper in the first half. It was that amazing crossfield pass from Just van Aken, and we were all like, this guy's going to be a worldly, and uh, probably the only thing that he did in uh, in that season, wasn't it? It Um, probably was, yeah. The only good thing that he did in that that season. Um, All right, I mean, the other question here is... And we talked about this last week, and I think we both know the answer to it. Obviously, Fernando Forestieri comes back into contention for for this game. Uh, You're not... I mean, Kadeem Harris is probably first name on the team sheet for this, going back to his old club. He's been playing well. He's in form. He's going to be fired up for it. You know, his name's going to be on there. Um, So, really, it's whether or not you're going to change the formation and Fernando Forestieri fits in, as we talked about last week, playing, you know, either alongside or just behind Stephen Fletcher, uh, or whether or not he plays on the right. Um, I kind of feel whichever way you look at it, it's probably unlikely that Fernando Forestieri is in the team on Friday on Friday night. I think he's in the squad. I don't think he's in the starting line. I agree. I think he's on the bench. If you great option from the bench. Yeah, he is. If you if you listen very carefully to what Gary Monk said about Fernando Forestieri when he was asked at press, uh, I, I think reading in between the lines, you know, he was saying that Fernando Forestieri is going to have to earn his place back in the team. Uh, and that you know he wants him to get back to his devastating best, uh, but as I said last week, I don't think it should be a case of after six matches and the team's done pretty well in his absence that he should just walk straight back into this team. No. I think he's got to earn his way back in, and and to do that he has to come on in that say last half an hour, twenty minutes or so, and make a big impact from the bench. And I agree with you. I think he's a great option to have on the bench, but I don't think necessarily that Cardiff is the per- away is the perfect match for him to start anyway. That I mean, that's my personal view, and I I, I don't know as if it would be a clever idea to play four four two with him off Stephen Fletcher or in a four three three from the start him playing on the right has he got the discipline to do that role and to do that job I'm not sure he does it's not the kind of game where you would prefer to have a Fernando Forestieri in the team over 
and Adam Reach for me. Yeah. Reach works harder. Um, he's he's got that discipline. You know, he'll get back, he'll defend, he'll do the dirty work. That often goes unnoticed with Adam Reach. A lot of people have got a bit of a down on him and don't pick up on the fact that he mm. does work hard. Um, Fernando Forestieri doesn't really give you that. It gives you a great kind of attacking option. Now, you know, I, we're jumping ahead. I can kind of see on Tuesday night against Stoke there being an argument there to say, look, is there someone that's going to need a rest? We've, I, I think we've messed up in the past by not making enough changes when we've had three games in a in a week. But we'll we'll talk about the Stoke game a bit later on. But we seem to be fairly agreed on that one that it would be a, a surprise if Fernando Forestieri's name pops it would up. be. Yeah. It, I mean, we've we have seen you know going among surprises in the last game by bringing both Luongo and Joey Pellipesi in. So it's not out of the question no. that he does it uh, but I think it's true what you say as well about the fact that you know he's he's not had a good game yet this season Fernando Forestieri he's been out for the last six um, he's he's been up to a lot off the pitch and it was great to see he took did he take all the under 23s out for a for meal dinner, to yeah. say thank you for letting him train with them and stuff and you're like you know he's he, he rang up the guy that won the um, the lottery thing and yeah. and um, you know he's been he's, he's certainly been on a bit of a um, a, a PR push um, and, and keeping himself kind of in Wednesday fans minds which is uh, which is great but he is going to have to just bide his time a little bit it's time it? for him to now do his talking on the pitch we haven't seen that in the last two years uh, the, the Fernando Forestieri of old is what we want to see and he could make a huge difference to Wednesday over the coming weeks if he can get back to anywhere near his best and start chipping in with goals and assists and He's a genuine match winner. We, we we know how good a player he is. The question is now, has he got the hunger and desire to get back to being one of the best players in this league? You know, he's going to be 30 in the new year. He's in the final year of his contract. There are huge question marks over Fernando Forestieri. And really, I think this is now last chance saloon for him I've got to agree I think it'd be interesting um, to, to kind of see where he is psychologically at the moment and by that I mean the fact that he's his season's not really started yet he was in and out when Lee Bullen was in charge he's obviously had to sit the last six out coming you know kind of back into the frame just after an international break very much feels like it's a bit of a fresh start here we draw a line under everything and Fernando Forestieri it's a, a chance to just kind of put probably the last couple of seasons behind him and just say right there's nothing hanging over him now He's had, he had that charge hanging over him for more than a year before it was resolved we don't know what effect that had on him psychologically wasn't a very nice thing to be accused of wasn't a very nice thing to be ultimately convicted of by the uh, the FA but it's done he's served his time um, he's served his ban and now he can let the football do the talking. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that actually it is a real fresh start and that the stuff that we've seen him doing in the press mm. and off the pitch is this indication that actually, you know what, he's he's ready to knuckle down yeah. now and prove what he can do. He's not he's not sulking, he's not hiding in the background, he's not feeling a bit sorry for himself. He's ready to get out there and, yeah. and do the talking. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think the other thing is too that Forgeri's return uh, will undoubtedly put the microscope more back on Wednesday's wide men if it's 4-3-3 and uh, so Cardiff will be a big evening for I would say particularly Adam Reach at this moment in time and it was interesting at press that I did ask Gary Monk he has had some strapping on his knee um, and we know that Adam Reach was struggling with a knee problem at the back end of last season and I think there was maybe 
some talk of he may require surgery. He didn't end up having it. He had rest. But we have seen this season that his form, he's not hit the heights of what he was doing at times last season. And so there have been concerns with that. Uh, and so you do wonder uh, if there, this, if there is an issue that is actually affecting him. And Gary Monk completely played it down and just said, you know, that he always had this strapping on his knee for for some time in training. But I, I do just wonder there if actually that's maybe why we're not seeing the best of Adam Reach at the moment. Maybe there is an injury that is perhaps impeding him from showing what he's really made of. In which case, maybe a couple of weeks break will do him good as well, and um, you know he should be well, possibly. But then it's a lot. A, a I'd say, there. James, it's a long-standing problem. Then, if it, you know, we, we know that he's got a knee issue, and it's now been six months, so he had a lot of time off in the summer, so to recover and have a break, and uh, you know, take the, the the strain and pressure off his knee. And so, if it's not significantly improved, then and is still troubling him, and. Believe me, the next time that we get an opportunity to, to speak to Adam Reach, I'll be asking him about it. Uh, so you, you do wonder if, if it is affecting him a, a, at all. Uh, but certainly with Forestieri coming back into the fray, and you've still got Jacob Murphy, who, by the way, will will be coming up against his brother, potentially. They might both be on the pitch uh, on Friday night. Uh, and they, they did actually face each other competitively last year for Cardiff in, when Jacob was at Newcastle and they were on the pitch together. It's twin brothers. You don't get that very often, do no, you? That's true. Uh, and they both play in the same position as well. So <laughs> it's, so that, that would be that would be interesting. So I'm sure, yeah, they'll both be uh, fired up and determined to do well. Um, so, of course, this, this game against Cardiff kicks off um, this next little set of, of five games, which are five difficult ones. Um, let's get the thoughts of the gaffer Gary Monk, firstly, on those five games that lie ahead. They won't define anything, um, but it's important to keep confidence going and momentum going and, and consistency going and, and have that feeling of, of progression, you know. So that's why these five games are important. But in terms of defining the season, they won't mean a thing, you know, because we've seen how many times have we seen it? We've seen teams make late charges for, you know, we've seen teams drop out, we've seen all those things. So in terms of importance of league positions, it means nothing, these five games. But of course, the relevance of collecting points consistently, the relevance of keeping you know, consistency and momentum and stuff like that. Of course, they're important. You know, every three points is vitally important. But in terms of the overall picture, they, they won't mean anything in, in terms of what we need to do. What do you think it would do for the group psychologically, even if you were to go top of the table for 24 hours? I don't think it matters. I don't think they'll think of it like that. We've, you know, we've already spoke about league positions at this point. It's great to be in a healthy position. not denying that, you know. And of course, anyone that can be in the higher end of the league, you'd rather be there than not. Do you know what I mean? But... You've seen how tight it is. The placings change week in, week out, game after game. So it, it doesn't. If you're relying on that as a motivation or relying on that as a belief, then you, you and in my eyes, you're a little bit stupid. You need to be thinking about what you need to do each and every game and just keep fighting for those three points. That's what we have to do. If you're worried about what that might mean in terms of league placings, then it's way too early to be ever thinking about that so we're not focused you know lads have done very well we're very focused on what we need to do it's not about where we are in the league it's about what we do on the pitch in any given game so that's all we're focused on is, is Friday In Cardiff are unbeaten at home is it an opportunity on Friday to send a statement out to the rest of the division it's always an opportunity you know against a, a powerful and a team that's probably up there with, with the favourites at the start of the season to go back up and um, and you're going to their place we know how tough it's going to be you know, under no illusions, I don't think we've ever had, played against Neil's side and not had a, 
extremely tough game. So, but we've been preparing for that, and you know we've got our own attributes and to go down there with confidence to try and put our game on the pitch, mm. match them in the areas that are their strengths, and try and show our qualities on top. That's the same as every game. So, of course, it would be. It'd be great to go down there and get three points. Whether it makes a statement or not, that's for everyone else to decide. Well, for us, it's about three points and trying to fight as hard as we can for them. Do you think it will be one of your toughest away games of the season? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. They're all tough, but like, yeah. You know, like I said, they're their record at home and what we're going to need to do to come out on top of them, um, yeah, will be very difficult to do. But we're preparing for that and we have good confidence for to go and do that. And that's what we need to show. We need to show that belief in ourselves and the players to show that belief in them and, and go and show that what, what we've been doing and, and see if we can keep progressing that. And what's your record like as a manager at Cardiff? When you um, I don't know off the top of my head. I remember winning there, to say that. Um, <laughs> and I think I've lost there. So um, actually, I only think I've played there once with Leeds. Leeds. Because obviously, then they went and got promotioned, and they, they haven't been. When I was at Middlesbrough. We didn't, yeah, yeah, we played Cardiff here at Middlesbrough, but didn't play them away. And in Birmingham, they're obviously up in the Premier League. So no, I only played them there, their place once with mm. Leeds. That was it. If I'm right. <laughs> They all blur into one. <laughs> so uh, on to Stoke then on um, Tuesday. I guess the the good news is that Wednesday have got a little bit of extra time to recover from that game playing on Friday night before going into uh, to the game on on Tuesday, which is good. Uh, I've got down on my notes here. Tom Lee's maybe in contention now. You've already uh, cast a bit of doubt on that. You don't think that he will. I don't think that Gary Monk would risk him even if he is kind of close or whether he's back in full training by by then. Um, the question really comes um, about whether or not Gary Monk will make changes for this game. Now, we, we debated this one, didn't we, before the Hull game a few weeks back. Uh, and I expected a few more changes. You didn't. Um, and ultimately, Gary Monk didn't make very many changes. Um, and I think we both thought that it was a team that looked a little bit leggy looked a little bit tired um we know it's a it's it is an older team this we've, we've got players in there who are you know late, late 20s and, and whatever still in good shape but that kind of playing three games in a week thing can be a little bit more difficult so what what are your thoughts going into this are you are you still kind of standing by the the, the way that you thought about things after the whole game that you know let's say Wednesday get a result at Cardiff you've got to stick with the same team no, I, I don't think this time that Gary Monk will go down that route. I I suppose they have got an extra day to recover, so that does make a little bit of dif- you know, difference. But then, uh, you know, it is a long trip, is Cardiff. So, I, I don't know. I, mean, I just think when you weigh everything up, for me, it it's going to be a sort of three or four changes uh, to that Stoke lineup. I, I I think that Gary Monk will have learned a lot from that whole match after playing so well at Middlesbrough but then he will have seen that this the team couldn't replicate it a few days later so I, I think he'd be in the back of his mind I'm sure he'd be aware of that uh, and so I would think that he logically maybe look at where do Wednesday have lots of options particularly in the squad you've got the full back area so perhaps uh, Morgan Fox could come in Fernando Forestieri if he doesn't start at Cardiff yeah. is an attacking option Jerry Pelipesi in midfield or Kieran Lee mm-hmm. uh, are there uh, um, that's a healthy thing actually I and mean, what we haven't really been talking about much at all is that Wednesday 
throughout the course of this season, they, they've not had that many injuries compared to previous years. That's it's been a huge blessing. Don't, don't jinx it. I'm, yeah, touch wood. I've not jinxed it, but I probably haven't. But that's it. Most of the squad are fit and available, and and so Wednesday do have cover in most areas. Probably not left back. Left back is still, I would say, the weakest area of the team, and, and the. I'm sure that Gary Monk may be thinking they need to strengthen in January. Uh, but, yeah, I think against Stoke, it's all about what happens at Cardiff. The result, If they come away with nothing from Cardiff, then there's bigger pressure on getting results and beating Stoke, who are not having the best of times, to put it mildly. Funny time to play them, though, because, I mean, they did win, didn't they, just before Swansea. the yeah. international break, which is interesting because it was kind of like, I think Nathan Jones had got his, his desk cleared, bags packed, ready to be out the door, and then they go you know, bottom against top, away from home, and of course they win. Um, so, you know, whether that's a stay of execution for Nathan Jones, I don't know, but is that Stoke? I mean, again, another team, you look at them on paper and you think, well, there's there's no reason at all why they should be bottom of the table. That, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe it is a team that's... Uh, some of those players have maybe seen their best days maybe but it's still a decent set of players so not not the scary prospect that playing Stoke was last season but also one where it would be really easy to underestimate and I made this mistake I mean obviously we're going to chat about the five games that we've got coming up in a bit but I kind of look down those and you go well you know Stoke in the relegation zone we'll beat them at home and then you think well that's really easy to say you've, you've actually got to go out and, and, and win those win those games you can't take anything for granted in the championship it is a cliche but it's so unforgiving and unpredictable that on paper and the bookies will have Wednesday as huge favourites to beat Stoke when They've won one match so far this season. And you look at where both teams are on the table, but it, it never works like that in the championship. And it, it just constantly throws up these results that you, you'd never imagine. So I'm with you that Stoke is going to be a test. And I do expect Wednesday to win. And, and I think of the next three matches, that one has to be not the banker but I'm going to say that they, they will have to be targeting for three points when you know that Leeds are to come at home and Leeds' better performances this season have actually been away from home and we know how good they are technically as a team um, and how gifted they are and so that's going to be a huge challenge for Wednesday uh, as is Cardiff so that's why yeah I think there's a, a lot riding on that Stoke match and I agree with you that you look at across their team, they've got Joe Allen, James McLean. They've got a load of Premier League experience there. Jack Butland in goal. They should be doing a lot better than what they are. And and that's why the pressure and the microscope is, has constantly been on Nathan Jones since coming in in January. He just has not turned things around at all there. And their club going through a big transition, definitely. I'm assuming you saw the interview with Nathan Jones after... The game that they played before Swansea, I can't remember what it was, where they lost at home. Um, was Huddersfield. It was Huddersfield, wasn't it? Of course it was. Uh, and that interview afterwards, and you kind of think, yeah, he's, he's not done it there, but just that raw honesty from him. And that was just, it just all poured out. Um, he's ne- to be honest, I've, I've never taken a great deal of notice of Nathan Jones, never really been a reason to. But I, I kind of had this newfound respect for him after that. And I sort of want him to do all right now with Stoke, but maybe not 
on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, the, there's the option there for a few for a few changes i guess we'll 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 come on to talking about the next five games as a as a whole in a bit um first of all then let's hear a little bit from kadeem harris of course he's going back to his old club on friday night and he gives us his verdict on the season so far um i think we've done reasonably well so far um more or less what i've expected you know us to be up and around it um we've got some some good results um, there's a couple of games where I think we could have got more from the game uh, and we didn't. But, you know, we've responded uh, in the next game uh, every time. So, you know, we're doing well so far. I think there's a lot more to come from us and I think that will come. And coming back to Cardiff on Friday, do you still keep in touch with many of the guys there? Yeah, I'm close with a lot of the boys there. Um, we had a, a very tight group there, uh, tight friendships. So, you know, I still keep in contact with a lot of the boys there and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing them on Friday. What have you made to their start to the season? Um, mixed. It's early days, though, like I say. Um, you look at Aston Villa last season, and I think around Christmas time they were 12th, or I'm not too sure, around that, that um, area of the table, and then they got promoted. So, you know, so far it's been mixed for them, but uh, they could easily pick up or they could drop off. You, know, you just don't know in this league. When is it you think that the league starts to take shape? Um, after Christmas, I think, you know, if you have a good start before Christmas, it's great. But I think after Christmas, the second half of the season is a lot more important. And that's where you see where, you know, you're going to end up. Have you guys, have you given the boys a few sort of inside knowledge, a few on the strengths of Cardiff? Um, no, I mean, a lot of the boys have played Cardiff um, quite a few times and, under um, the manager they have now, uh, they know what to expect. So there haven't hasn't been much that I've had to say. Um, like I said before, as well, we just focus on mainly ourselves and our strengths and and what we can do to to beat them. Not really on their weaknesses. Are you expecting it to be one of the more physical tests this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, Warnock's always, you know, implemented that in his team. Um, so I think it would be no different on Friday. And I think, you know, we can combat that and definitely get a result. Who's been the better free transfer signer, you or Julian Burner? <laughs> um, no, nah, I don't know. He's been tremendous every single game he's played this season. Um, I think it was a brilliant, a brilliant move. Um, and, you know, I think we can both give a lot more than we have so far. And I think that in this season, this season now, that, that that's going to come. So obviously, coming off the back of international break, not a lot's been happening in Wednesday world. Well done to Gary Hooper, of course, who's got himself a new club down in New Zealand. Good timing, just as the winter comes round. Hey, um, not a lot else has been happening. Obviously, a couple of England games, 6-0 win in uh, Bulgaria. Probably something that we should touch on just to kind of you know, place on record our own thoughts and 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 just you know disgust and horror really at, at what happened in that England game the the result kind of like secondary to what we saw on the terracing and something that you know in football in society anywhere in the world is um is is just not something that you want to see I, I say in this day and age it's something that none of us have ever wanted to to see uh but some of those camera shots when you know at half time when they showed some of the camera shots of people in the crowd and you're like 
it, I, I was almost speechless, like genuinely shocked and just really horrified. I mean, that was, I felt a little bit sick at times watching that. It was, it was really disturbing. Yeah, it was absolutely deplorable. It really was. Appalling. Yeah. Horrific scenes. It's not what you want to see at all. And it's 2019 and uh, you're thinking that we should be moving on and that we shouldn't be talking about this. But actually, it does seem over the last maybe five to ten years that racism is, is becoming um, more prevalent and it's worrying times. And this is why you're wanting the football authorities now. They have to make a stand. They, right, they have to, uh, you know, for nations where this is happening and uh, yeah, Eastern Europe it does seem to be uh, at times a little bit of a hotbed for racism they've got to you know got to throw the book at them they've got to punish them and that's and the only way to do that is by kicking them out of tournaments uh, and it, it feels like that doesn't it yeah, and that's the yeah, fines do nothing fines yeah. do nothing yeah and also you know you look at some of the ridiculous fines that what Nicholas Bentner uh, was fined more uh, for what promoting some sort of bookmaker on on his pants or something, and then yeah. Yeah, more than what say uh, a player getting racially abused. What you know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Leeds uh, got fined more for the spy thing than Millwall did for racist chanting yeah. in their in their crowd. Yeah, it's uh, an absolute which, joke. Which which brings us kind of to that point whereby you know I think it's important that we say you know this is not a problem that's exclusive to football. This is a society issue. It's certainly not exclusive to Bulgaria. The evidence there of the Millwall case showing that you know it's still a problem everywhere in the world but football's got a real role to play here because football um, is not just a game it leads a, a debate and discussion within society because there aren't many places where you get such a big collection of people it's you know traditionally a working class thing you know it is um, a, a real um, a conversation driver and um, if there's anything good to come from that England game, it's the fact that there is a discussion taking place now. And I think a lot of us are kind of thought it's not a problem anymore. It doesn't exist. Clearly it does. Um, and it needs dealing with. And I think it's at least it's a positive that it's brought it back to the fore. Um, the fact that those those rules, that procedure that um, exists in a game where the referee can take the players off and stuff, that's existed for 10 years and it's the first time that they've ever done that. I didn't know that existed until these two England games where they mentioned in the studio beforehand that this is the procedure. I'm like, oh, this must be new. 10 years that's existed. It's never been used. So at least it's brought the debate to the table again. And now we think, well, you know, what do we what do we do? How how do we deal with this? Um and, and how do we move forward as a as a as a world, as a nation, you know, we've 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 got to do something about this. So uh, yeah, th- at least that's the positive. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the protocol. I I just think that's wrong. Uh the the fact that a crowd gets three goes at abusing players uh whether calling them names what whatever the actions they take or do in the stands uh, if that happened in any other job or any any other profession if that happens you once then that's it you, you know you go and so there was a lot made of yeah the england players gareth southgate on the night yeah they followed the protocol to a t and they got a lot of praise for that and rightly so but I, I have to seriously question and, and look at it and think, I, I think when that happened once, I think maybe would the the bigger stance to have actually been to just walked off? Possibly so, possibly so. Yeah. Such a, it's such a difficult one, isn't it? Because um, you kind of think, well, 
de dealing with racism is not just a matter of silencing people. Um, you know, there is a huge need for for education, for a debate to kind of find what the root causes of it are and, and deal with, with that. You know, just silencing people doesn't stop them having the opinions that they have. Uh, but but football has to take a has to take a stand and um I think for us here in the UK, at least, it's it's brought a bit of a debate to the table where maybe we've all seen little elements of, of, of stuff that we thought was long gone in society creeping back in over the last few yeah. years. Yeah, by the way, in uh, England, and, and we this, can't... This really yeah. brings it back to, we, to, the, to the fore. We can't take the moral high ground as actually there's, uh, there have been a lot of... Uh, Racial incidents this season. I mean, the Raheem Sterling Chowdhury, at Chelsea was, at was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was, you know, this is where we, we, we uh, you, you kind of, you know, you talk about um, those those countries like Bulgaria and, and stuff, where you kind of think, well, as a society, you think the UK is further along its journey, if that makes sense. But it, it's clearly a problem here as well, and um, mm. and in just, Sofia, just, just good that it's 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 there's a debate now. By the way. The other night, England fans apparently booed Bulgaria's national anthem. So let's not talk about national anthems, Dom. No, <laughs> I, I think you've talked enough about that, haven't you, over the last week, mate? So yeah, uh, I there's definitely a lot of work that still needs to be done. And you're right, is it education? Whatever road you go down, it, there's, there's yeah, it's just it's a bit it's very worrying. There's no getting away from it. It's definitely concerning that it does seem to be creeping back in, um, and I, I just hope that we're not going back to the dark days of maybe twenty, thirty years ago where it was rife, and and we don't want that, you know. So hopefully, um, UEFA uh, are gonna throw the book at Bulgaria and make an example of them, and take it from there but certainly fines are just not cutting the mustard they're not going to do it not for me it has to be zero tolerance it has to yeah. be severe right let's move on to uh Alpinion. so last week we asked you for uh with the current place Wednesday you've got best formation slash lineup um interestingly fernando forestieri's name came up again and again and, and a lot of people like we talked about last week about which formations work with fessy and the team and don't um so we had a load of people that got in touch and, and just a selection of the uh the thoughts so ollie saying 433 without fessy 442 with fessy and he thinks that fletcher forestieri uh partnership fingers crossed will be what we need to overturn the uh the top teams in the division uh luke says 4411 with fessy slightly behind fletcher uh andy reckons 352 with hutch in defense and reach as left wing back that's kind of a bit of a curveball there not something that we've seen gary monk even kind of consider so far is like a back three, but who knows? Um, Sean saying four two three one. Lee says four four two for me with Luongo and Bannon in the middle. Harrison Reach on the wings. Flesh and ideally Winall up top. Um, and then we've not mentioned yet tonight, have we? Sam Sam Winall. Uh, Leon Hutch on the bench. Something that he thought he would never say. Uh, Gary says four four one one with Fessy and Fletch being the one and the one that came up time and time again. Overall. 4-4-2 did get the most votes, if that's the right phrase for it. Um, and, it, I mean, generally, 4-4-2 does seem to be popular among football fans, doesn't it? It does seem to be, particularly in the in the English game, it's our kind of go-to formation because you can just understand it. It just makes sense, 4-4-2. It does, uh, but I think we are, we've actually seen over maybe the last decade or so that 
formations they sort of go through periods of where some are in vogue like 4-3-3 I remember when sort of Jose Mourinho was first in charge of Chelsea we went through that period and then I think it was 4-2-3-1 and actually not many teams I would argue in the Premier League and the Championship play 4-4-2 not so much now not as a straight 4-4-2 definitely not no I I think it's really difficult to do I think managers are constantly concerned about losing the midfield battle and and always think that that's where a game can be won and lost and so they don't want to get outnumbered there so that's why they tend to sort of overload that department uh, this week then on our opinions uh, we did this a few weeks ago so same thing again so we've got this little collection of this sort of mini um, mini season of five games before the next international break Cardiff away on Friday Stoke at home next Tuesday we've talked about those two that's followed by Leeds at home next Saturday then we've got Blackburn away Swansea at home so altogether five games three home games two away games what is going to be a good points return for Wednesday? And this is quite difficult this time. And I've kind of looked and you kind of play around with those numbers. And I kind of come to somewhere around eight or nine seeming realistic. Yeah, I, I, I when you were saying them out loud and three of them are at home, I think nine points, anything more than nine points uh, would be fantastic. Is, is yeah. well, we got ten yeah. from the last little yeah. mini season, but I think we? this is a lot tougher. It is I, a I lot th- tougher. I think this is the hardest certainly pe- period of the season, and uh, yeah, I don't want to get all sort of doom and gloom on us, but it is sort of my role in this podcast uh, that Wednesday have yet to beat anyone in that top ten to twelve. They have only played three teams. Was it Preston, QPR? And somebody else that I can't remember off the top of my head. Fulham. Fulham. So it's a, this, this is an opportunity to show that they can go toe-to-toe with some of the best. And certainly, you're looking at it and uh, off the start of the season, Leeds are definitely going to be in and around that top six shake-up, without a doubt. I think Cardiff are going to be there or thereabouts. Swansea, I think actually Swansea may not have enough... I think they may fall short, but I still think going off the start they've had, they're going to finish in the top half. That, so that's a key game, though, isn't it? Because if well, that would be the final match of this, yeah, of this and it's five at home. Game and you think, look, if this is going to be the season we want it to be for Wednesday, that's the kind of game they've got to win. Yeah, the the Leeds one's slightly different, and and I hate kind of talking about home games and saying I'd take a point, but I think a point at home to Leeds wouldn't be a bad result. We, we should be going out to win that game. Of course, we should because it's at home. I think for, but, uh, if you, know, you, if you break it Cardiff down, wouldn't be bad. No, a point yeah, against yeah. Leeds wouldn't be yeah. bad. But then you think, well, we really should be winning against Stoke, and we've got to be aiming to to win against Swansea, and then you know a point from that remaining away game Blackburn. at Blackburn. It's a winnable game, but we are trying to kind of keep a realistic feel to it. Um, you know, winning if if we can come out of those five games unbeaten and win two of them and get three draws that's not bad that's nine points and that's not bad yeah consistency and that's what Gary Monk is looking for so I suppose yeah in some respects he'd be delighted if they did come out from this period of and run of matches unbeaten I think when you break it down the next yeah three games in eight days coming up if Wednesday get five points I'd be very happy any more than that would be a bonus and then it, I think it's going to hinge actually a lot on the Blackburn away match. Now, Wednesday got 
tonked there last season, of course. Uh, in that was still still Yoss Yoss days, Lukai, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, I think that was yeah it was Yoss Lukai's penultimate away match. I think yeah it has it, got um, St. Pauli in stunning form in Zwei Bundesliga. Instead. Well, I did think that you weren't complaining so much. So uh, a yeah. tactical genius, that man. There you go. You see, um, so yeah, Blackburn. Yeah, it's a ground where Wednesday've had mixed results over the years, and you, but you do look at it and think that three of the next five at home, and so if you're going to be serious contenders, you need to, I think, from the home matches alone, be taking six points. I think you have to be winning two of those. Yeah, I agree. Real realistically, if Wednesday are going to be challenging at the top end come the end of the season. And we haven't even mentioned that, of course, if Wednesday win at Cardiff, they'll be going top for 24 hours. It's nonsense. Nonsense. Well, it is, but you still take it. It's, I'll tell you what, it's a healthy position to be in. There will be a Gary lot Hunt of uh, screenshots being taken on Wednesday supporters' phones on Friday evening if this is the the case. Do you, the, what it will do, the expectation levels, and it will only be in mid-October, but if Wednesday do go top and... I hate to sort of burst a bubble, but we do remember what happened under Yoss 12 months ago when they went into the second international break and playoffs. So, yeah, the good thing about Gary Monk is that he is very level-headed and he's yeah. not going to get carried away at all. And it, he, he he always pretty much rubbishes league placings and it doesn't matter. And he's right. It does not matter where Wednesday are now. It's about next May. That's of course, like it's a, there's a lot of football to be played. You know, we're talking three quarters of a season still to go. There's a very uh, Sheffield Wednesday scenario in there, isn't there, about going to Cardiff and winning and then getting tonked at home to Stoke a few days later who are bottom of the table. That would kind of be in fitting with the Wednesday way. Tonked is the word of this podcast. It is, I yeah. Like yeah. That. I, I, we'll I just call the episode Tonked. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We'll just go for that. Yeah, see, yeah. see how that goes down. Uh, right then, so uh, we want your opinions on this. Three home games, two away games. What's a good points return? Let us know on Twitter or um, on the other socials, wherever you fancy. Uh, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott or contact the show at Dom and James. Of course, a big thank you to our gold sponsor, Taito Law, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. That's just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, let us have your feedback. We do appreciate your reviews as well. You can subscribe to us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts to get the new episode every week. And you can check the show notes as well for details of how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls and see you next week. <laughs>